over time I've scaled down to just focus on residential and commercial painting okay. and really simplify the business as of right now. And I intentionally did that for a variety of reasons, but um, I like to network with other trades and give referrals of my mm -hmm. clients for the things that I don't do anymore. Um, Welcome. Welcome. Episode 27. Um, so yellow color glasses today, guys. So um, today we have um, a good friend of mine, uh, another business owner here in the area, David Creighton. Um, he is our guest today. But before we get started, um, we're going to read a review. Okay. So Monica B, great experience with Warren Amounts Agency. They got us quotes Super quick, the rates were lower than I currently pay and better coverage. And I've been with my current company for 20 years. I was so surprised that Warren Amounts Agency were able to give me even lower rates than the company I've been with for that long. Excellent customer service as well. Answered all my questions and explained the differences between the quotes they gave me and the coverages I had been paying for. Highly recommend Warren Amounts Agency. Thank you, Monica. Um, as we all know, reviews are a long, that's a huge huge thing with what we do on a day-to-day -day basis so we we definitely appreciate that guys um so anyway so back to episode 27 so drum roll well, let's get some uh there it is we got some music and everything already started okay so today guys we have um david creighton on so me and me and david have known each other for what seven years probably now six years seven, it, eight, somewhere i was gonna there. say i feel like it's coming up on seven eight years um i don't even know if we've known each other through anything mutual we, we just i think you were looking for some insurance when we were at state farm and that's kind of how it happened yeah that's what i remember yeah because you were always at the front desk and i'd come in yeah. there and you know shoot the breeze and yep. whatnot and introduce the business to you and that's like what that. i thought yeah. i didn't think it was anything mutual because and we'll go into this in a second but i don't Cause were you from? Are you from Pleasant Hill? No. Okay, I didn't think so. So yeah, so we know each other from um, back in the State Farm days. Um, worked with each other. Um, he's done some work um, on on our house, and uh, we've we've referred a ton of people out to David. So David, um, he's had. Uh, when we'll let him, I'll let him explain a little bit. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead and start with uh, you know yourself and what you do, um, your business, and and let's let's just start there. So tell us a little bit about your business. A little bit about the business. Yeah, I started it in 2016, okay. and I worked a lot in the business up to a point where I could pull myself out of the field. But prior to that, I actually started in the painting and remodeling industry okay. when I was 18. Okay. Working on houses in Brookside and so forth. And then I worked my way through the industry basically over the course of 16 years, primarily painting out in the field and then okay. some remodeling. And then I got into the roofing industry. I spent some time... Um, in the distribution side of the roofing industry as well. So I learned a lot of different things, you know, over the course of time. I put myself through college mm -hmm. for a couple of years for a, a business administration degree okay. and whatnot. Um, and then, like I said, started the business from scratch in 2016, and then I've just been working my way out. Of okay, so 2016, so that would have been, so when we met, you were doing roofing, right? Painting, painting and roofing. Painting and roofing, okay. Um, Okay. Now, were you doing that for another company at that time, or was that was you were you on your own doing your own thing at that time? At back that in, time, I was in the field working on the jobs myself. Okay. Okay. But it was your company, right? It was okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. 
So what is the name of your company? Um, let's, let's tell everybody what you're doing. Like what exactly you kind of specialize in now. I know you've, you've started here and we'll go into that story a little bit, but what are you doing like today? What is your business about today? I guess everything that you offer service wise, um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. As of today, the name is DC's contracting. Okay. And over time I've scaled down to just focus on residential and commercial painting okay. and really simplify the business as of right now. And I intentionally did that for a variety of reasons, but uh, I like to network with other trades and give referrals of my mm -hmm. clients for the things that I don't do anymore. Um, part of that is so I can focus on the real estate investment side of another business that I'm working on. That you like doing. Part time. You like doing that right. a lot and too. Yeah, exactly. So I have a little bit of a passion for that, okay. and I'm trying to get that going. So simplifying my main business to focus, you know, the manageability mm -hmm. of that to where I can enable a part time to focus on something. On else something else you like, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I know we've talked about a bunch of real estate stuff before, because you've done some flips too. You know, how many? You know, you do, haven't you done a couple of flips as well? One and then one rental. Okay, that's what I thought. So, um, and I remember we were doing the Warrensburg flip, but I think I, I think that was like we had just started, and you guys were kind of, kind of getting to be done with all of yours. Mm -hmm. And man, like I remember. I don't know, me and we've always talked about how like everything goes really well with some of those flips and then something happens like goodness. So, um, but I know you like that a lot. Um, so that's awesome. So what's that look like? I mean, are you, are, are you getting closer? So it sounds like you've had the, you had the business, right? And you guys were doing, cause you guys were doing a little bit of everything originally, right? Like different types of contracting. And now you've kind of just specialized in more of the painting, right? Right. Yeah. So originally when I started the business, I was leveraging everything that I know how to do. Okay. And so I had more of a general contractor focus per okay. se. That's yeah, why yeah. DC's contracting instead mm -hmm. of, you know, something painting. Painting. Yeah. 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 And then over time, you know, there's just so many activities going on. I had to scale things down. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, we're going to do painting and roofing. So therefore, I was just painting and roofing. Uh -huh. And I had some other things change with personnel and things like that. Yeah. So I was like, I'm really going to go down, dial back down to painting. I've always had a passion for painting. Mm -hmm. I painted a lot in the field myself. Yeah. And that's what I know the yeah. most in and out. So yeah, for like, sure. Well, I'll just, just like insurance. Like on us, yeah. like, you know, we know insurance. So. Let's, let's go with your niche, right? Exactly. Like, let's go with your niche and get really good at that. We've mm -hmm. talked about that a lot too. So right. now is it on the painting? So is it, uh, you know, do you doing a lot of new construction um, paintings? Are you doing uh, remodels? Are you doing, I mean, what, what's, what's that look like? Like what's your ideal client or is there an ideal client at all? Is it just kind of everything and anything? Right now, no new constructions. Okay. I've done a couple over the course of my career for people that I know, mm -hmm. but it's mostly residential retail and I'm okay. trying to get more of a footprint on the commercial side, okay. you know, yeah. and then new construction, I've made some contacts and whatnot, yeah. you know, it's just not really a thing. For sure. It's been mostly residential retail. Okay. You know, that's what I know the most of. Okay. Cool. How do you, I mean, how, how do you kind of get in with a bunch of commercial? I've always wanted to know, like, what, what does that look like? You know, because, like, on our end, um, you know, we've kind of gotten away from, you know, of course, we started at State Farm and now we're over here. But, you know, it, a lot of it was just residential. You know, we're doing normal auto home, home stuff. Um, and now we've transitioned into the broker route where, you know, now we can get into some commercial insurance and stuff like that. And, I always kind of wondered how that would look like on our end, right? On how to get into the the commercial uh, field. So, it, how does that look like on on your in your field? You know what I mean? I mean, because the guy, the people you're normally working with, they're referring you out to other homeowners. Like, is it 
Like, how do you get your foot in the door with a commercial? That has to deal with relationships. Yeah. You okay. know, depending on who you know or meet with and have conversations with and other professionals in different facets, like commercial yeah. lending, for example. That's if true. You get a relationship with a commercial lender, they're lending on people buying commercial products. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. And then like I'm certain like commercial real estate agents. Mm-hmm. Is that like a big one too? And, and such as. Yeah. You know, if you got people that are in that arena already and you build relationships with them, yeah. then it opens up those doors. Okay. Okay. Um, so on on the, on that side too, what about um, how many what, what kind of do you got how many how many guys you got working for you right now? Three. Three. I have three guys that work mainly, and then I have one guy that's older that's really experienced. He's my mm-hmm. most experienced guy, and I have him on all the specialty things. Okay. That I know that you know yeah. he can be trusted with. He can deal with homeowners in any type of situation. He's kind of your your main guy. It sounds like he's the most versatile and most experienced, and mm-hmm. I know I can stick him in on different things. Like if, yep. if I can go out and do it myself, he could. Uh, yeah, and he's way more advanced than I. Good. Am. That's and good. Was, yeah, exactly. So you're basically saying he can do a better job than you. Absolutely. Good. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so that's good. So. Now, as, like area-wise, like I'm assuming you're probably all of Kansas City. Is there anywhere? You... Actually, no. No. Okay. Yeah. What's what's so that look Cass like? Cass County, Eastern Jackson County, and then I'll venture off into certain areas depending on who it's for. But okay. I don't hit a radius around Kansas City. Okay. Is there a reason why on that? Just it's targeted areas for okay. logistics, and okay. also ideal client profiles are going to be in certain areas that I want to be in versus not. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hmm. Okay. Well, what about what about uh, before you did the business? Like before you went on your own, what'd that look like? Like how did you kind of make that step? You know, I mean, I know that's kind of a scary thing. Like, like let's talk on that, dude. Like, yeah. So interestingly enough, when I got into the industry and mm-hmm. found out, hey, I like painting and remodeling in my early twenties. So I'd been in, in it a couple of years, and I had this idea. It's like you know, it'd be cool to own my own painting and remodeling yeah. business. But back then, for about ten years of my life, I was living reckless. I mean, just what's that look like? Let's well, talk about. Yeah, it. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's a big, you know, because like, I mean. 2016, I mean, that's what, seven years? You've been self-employed, doing your own thing for seven years. I I mean, that's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff beforehand. You know what I mean? That's a scary thing to kind of jump out. Because, like, what were you doing? I feel like when I first met you, you were doing something with just roofing. And I thought it was with another company. Like, Like, I think that's why... Am I wrong here? No, I'll get into that. Okay, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, go on. So, when I had that idea, I had Mm -hmm. started you know, doing little odd jobs, you know, as I was working for somebody, I would do side work okay. and, and learn and, and grow in that regard. But yeah, over the course of 10 years, I was living really reckless and on the dark side in a lot of facets, okay. right? So once I come out of that, straighten my life up and, and got on a, on a new path yeah. and got clarity and things like that, I realized, you know, hey, I want to do something with myself later on down the road. So I worked for a couple of people on the roofing industry, I worked for somebody for a while and I learned a lot of different things within that company. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the roofing distribution side of the industry and and, and that's probably when we met, I was, uh-huh. I was there. And what does that mean though? Like distribution, like are you, like, elaborate that, like and I don't, I don't really understand that, right. I don't think. So that was a lot of like warehouse management and okay. I would work inside sales and I would run dispatch okay. and do fleet and safety manage, management and just different things like that. But you know, looking back, I realized that all the things I was going through was prepping me to get to where I'm at now because I had to learn different facets of business, yeah. right? 
And I was at a point where over the course of time, even though I would work for other contractors, I was always doing side work. Okay. You know, and just working mm -hmm. myself to the bone. But then I was working still for the distribution company. And then I had this idea, like I went on one of our trout fishing trips we'd go on a couple times a year. Okay. Right? And it was the April and October trips. Uh -huh. I went on an April one in 2016 and I was walking down the river, you know, first thing in the morning to go fishing. And then uh, I heard this voice speak to me and say, you need to start your business. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, whatever. So about a month later, I come back and I just was like, I did the preliminary stuff, mm -hmm. you know, on the yeah. state, all that basic stuff got out the way. And then I didn't really do anything with it for a while mm -hmm. because we were so busy working that it just consumed 60 to 80 hours of yeah. my time every week and then some time went on and then i had this just real strong urge come over me at the beginning of a year about a year later or so so even though i started it in 2016 i didn't really start getting into it until about a year year and a half later really yeah so and it came like i said that mm -hmm. real strong urge came over me i was like you need to work on your business it was just overpowering mm -hmm. so i put everything else to the side and i started focusing on you know on yourself and on, your own business yeah so yeah i would be at work and i would you know drum up leads or do whatever mm -hmm. i had to do and then i was just like screw this place i'm done yeah and then i focused all on that and started gaining traction and lining up jobs and going out and working and i gradually got to a point where it was separated from there on good hmm. on good terms and then mm -hmm. i just hit the ground running 100 percent all in dude i feel like i mean you know we bring people on and you know Again, it doesn't have to be just a business owner, but anything, you know, anybody that we bring on, like it's like that's kind of what we try to talk about is, you know, there's always something that clicks, mm. you know, like something happens and it's like, no matter if it was somebody to get in shape or, you know, to open up their business or whatever, you know, may be like, there's always, and I feel like I've had that as well at some point where it's like, like, it's just like, you can't even explain it. You just, you're all of a sudden do your, doing your normal stuff and then something just happens and it's like, you know what, what am I doing? Yeah. Let's just do this. Like, mm -hmm. let's go full on with this. Let's get committed to this and let's just do it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I just, I just feel like there's always, anytime I've talked to somebody, it's always something like that. Like, bam, something clicked and let's go. Yeah. And it was timing too. And it was a point in time early enough in the year where I had the seasonality in my favor where I could just get like in the busy go. like the busy yeah. time of the year yeah. for your type of work yeah absolutely yeah. so I was able to ride out the remainder of mm -hmm. the year on, on a good wave so to speak and then start going into winter and prepping for it'll kind of carry you through do, yeah what am I going to do going into this full fresh year yeah on my own yeah and another flip side to that is you know I had lost a lot of time when I was you know, pre on my own, mm -hmm. 60, 80 hours a week, literally I was mm -hmm. working and I was gone all the time. And just probably to survive. <laughs> for a few years. Well, there was just a lot of work there. Well, that, I, I put in work. Yeah. I, you know, well, I'm saying anymore. like, you know, I mean, like sometimes, and I feel like I've seen this personally, where we, you know, a good person, a good employee, somebody who wants to just be good, doesn't matter if you're working on your own or working for an employer, right? Like that's just a, like you want to do good at your job. So you take it serious and you put all the time in, mm -hmm. like it probably was hard for you to not put your full effort into that, you know, to your job because you didn't want anything to slack off. But at the same time, you're like, shit, man, I know I'm doing a good job here. I can, why not take the step out and do it on your own? Yeah, well, right? Point, like, yeah, but yeah, I take ownership of whatever I'm doing and responsibility and go that's all my in point, yeah. up to a point where I realize, hey, look, there's a transition here that's mm -hmm. lingering somewhere and I can't put my finger on it, but I know I need to, you know, die off to one thing and, and then come alive to something else. Yeah. 
you know, but the thing I was going to mention is a lot of that time that I spent those four years before I went out on my own, I lost a lot of time, you know, with family and, and different things that I wanted to do in life. So now, even though I still work hard and have, you know, a lot of time available for the business, mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, I manage my time and schedule in a way that I can still be available for my family, my kids, you know, go yeah. out and do other things in life. Because I can work my schedule around everything else Correct. and balance it out. Yep. Even though I may work 60 hours a week per se, mm-hmm. it, you know, I'm still doing life too. And it's not underneath sure. somebody else's thumb yep. where they have me at one place and then I have, you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to show up at a certain time. Like yeah. it's a, it, it's not necessarily, I mean, it is like that's the goal I think is the time freedom, but you still have to be places you're still obligated to do X, Y, and Z for, you know, your your. I mean, your, your, your clients, your, your, your employees, things like that, but it gives you more flexibility, right? And options. It's not, I mean, that's how it is for us. Like, Lots again, like we're working, like, I know I work a ton, but I don't feel like I'm working a ton. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm getting stuff done. And if you look at all the stuff that I'm getting done, well, yeah, that takes a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. It's a lot, but I also get to kind of form my day how I need to form it. Right. Right? Is that kind Absolutely. of okay? Yeah, and that's cool. I mean, there's there's pros and cons of that, right? Oh, yeah. It's that's the pro, but then there's also the other part where it's like, gosh, dang! Like, yeah, the con to it is when bow <laughs> hunting season opens up, and I'm like, a little less, you know, like what little, kind of work is not as important. For it's me. a little cloudy. It's yeah. like, man, do I need to be sitting in the woods for five days straight? That sounds like a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> and yeah, man, we could talk about that because yeah. so David, you, you you like to hunt too and that's how me and you we've always connected on that because like we're both big bow hunters and we're both always like talking about how we're trying to get our shit done before november yeah, and yeah. that way we can spend time out in the woods Absolutely. so um so that's no, fun no better place to be with no, the man. exception of a few yeah, yeah. and you got to have that too you know i mean you got to have that reset mm-hmm. and and go out and you know and clear the brain clear the mind and say okay like I mean, I know you've talked about that a lot. Like that's kind of your your peace time, your peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of mindfulness that comes out of that, you know. And it's not all about. I mean, I'm a re- really good hunter, but poor killer, you know. Sometimes. Yeah, know? that's okay. Yeah. If it was if it was all about killing animals, it'd be called killing versus hunting. Exactly. So. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of a lot of benefits to that you know especially in business too because you know even sitting out there in that environment mm-hmm. and it's outside of the norm and mm-hmm. it's just something there's something spiritual about it yep you know and then the reflection and all the things that come to you about life and different things mm-hmm. and then you can go back into your normal environment and have that clarity where it's like hey i kind of know what i need to do here where i was hitting a wall mm-hmm. or whatever that it's almost like you take a step out of the business mm-hmm. even though the goal is to not work in it you're working on it but sometimes you're still so close to it right. sometimes you completely take a step step outside of it where you're mm-hmm. in a tree stand or sitting on a beach or whatever it is for you for a person and then they can almost look back and look at the business and say okay like they're completely away from it and they mm-hmm. say okay these are what's going on like this is kind of like a you know you can see it from a big overview right and that's what it takes sometimes is just to mm-hmm. get out of that yeah you know for you to see something that you couldn't see because yep. Cause it's hard man like and let's talk about this and i feel like it would be even harder for you um you know is the delegation part Right. Like, I know we've talked a lot about that. Like you said, you started the business by you literally doing all of it yourself. Right. You're you doing it, your craft, your way. You know, you know, when you do it, it's going to be done right. Right. 
how did that, uh, how was that whenever you had to give up that control and that power and your, your trust in your employees and trust in other people to do it for you? It's challenging. Is that hard? It's I mean, challenging to some degree, but yeah. then over time I learned that, you know, even me, I, I don't do things perfect either. For you sure. I mean? So it's like, you got to let people fail. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to let people do whatever it is that they're doing and, and kind of work with them along the way. Like if they're really coachable and, and they're they're trying to grow and develop, then you got to give them that opportunity. Yeah. Because it can't be all about you. Like you got to get let somebody else have their success in their realm, whatever that looks like. For sure. Yeah, no, and I, I say that because, like, you know, like with the, at the office, like, you know, we're all, we all have our different niches here, you know, in, in, in more amounts. And I feel like, uh, you know, that, that's, what makes, that's what makes you get better is, you know, kind of getting uncomfortable. Say, okay, yeah, let's, you know, like, let's give up control and let's maybe, maybe things aren't done exactly your way, mm-hmm. you know, right? Like, that's the part of working together as a team and growing and getting you know getting uncomfortable and letting other people do things that maybe you used to be able to do or you used to do all the time and i feel like i mean i don't know i just feel like with the with the construction part of everything i feel like that's a i feel like i would have a hard time with that i feel like that could be a difficult process yeah i think on the painting side like Let's take exteriors for example. I know mm-hmm. how I would go and do, mm-hmm. and then my guys will sometimes do things, and I'm like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of. But I know. But you got to trust it, you know, because they're right. your guys. I mean, of course, you can say, hey, this is how we should do things and right. help them and guide them. Right. But again, they're just because they don't do it exactly your way, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mean it's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So. Because I'm liable to go above and beyond in certain areas mm-hmm. that most people won't. Yep. You know, I may do prep work more extensive than necessary in some cases versus somebody else but yeah. they're still doing a good job and whatnot but you know it yeah. doesn't really matter at the end of the day we all got to work together as a team Correct. to accomplish a common goal yeah so let's talk about the business a little bit more so um uh, residential wise right i know that's a lot of what you're doing so is it uh and we did hit on this but like what about like uh like is one job too big or too small for you? Um, are you, you know, are you redoing cabinets and stuff like that? I know I've asked you about that before. So, um, what, what's something, you know, what does that look like? Like, you know, anybody who's needing any kind of painting work done, like what, what, what's, what's uh, too big and too small for you? What's your kind of your complete job size there? Yeah, I would say at this point, our capacity is, you know, exteriors, it doesn't matter really okay. the size, unless they're multi-million dollar homes. For sure. You know, those are a little bit outside of our realm right now. But then if you look at, you know, full interiors, I mean, trim, okay. doors, cabinets, ceilings, walls, okay, anything like that. And smaller jobs, some people are like, oh, can you paint a bathroom? It's like, yeah. uh, you know, how about I just tell you how you can paint the bathroom? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's certain thresholds where I'm at right now where I have a minimum job size that That's, I try to implement yep. because it, it's it's just un, it's uneconomical for me to even step foot on Correct. to even go drive to look at certain jobs. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was asking because I feel like sometimes we get people, you know, on the claim side, like we'll get, you know, if someone has a, you know, like you said, a bat, like they need a, a wall painted. Like, hey, do you know what a paint? Like, no, I mean, yeah, we do, but I don't, I, that's why I was asking because I've actually not always wanted to ask you that too. Um, because again, I know that sometimes it just doesn't make sense and it sucks. But um, yeah. like you guys have, like you guys have a, you got you have to run a business. Like you can't just yeah. go out there and say, okay, yeah, I'll take a full day to put my guys out here to paint, go paint two walls or something. Or something. Like yeah. And it's like I want to help people, but at the same time, it's like I have to justify Correct. the line as far as what that looks. Because you got a lot, man. You got insurance, you got taxes, yeah, you got all got that stuff to time. pay for. Yeah. Trust me, I see it all, man. Literally. Um, 
Okay. So let's go back. So, you know, you were working, that hit you. Um, what do you, what do you like to do, man? I, 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 outside of work, like I know, I know you're a big hunter, but um, I didn't know that you liked, uh, you do a lot of trout fishing? Yeah, so I like to go trout fishing down at like Roaring River. We've uh-huh. been doing that since I was, I don't know, 15, 16. Yeah. There's a handful of us that go down there, like a core group of guys. Uh-huh. You know, we go twice a year, go trout fishing for three days. Dude, that's awesome. It I, is. Have you ever been to Bennett? I have been, we went to Bennett back in the day and, and uh, we just didn't care for Bennett too is, much and found Roaring River and we've always favored Roaring River. So over time I've evolved and, and I, I tie my own flies. Okay. I go fly fishing and put the hat on and the waders and all okay. that. Dude, I used to. get out in the river and have a blast. Bro, I used to, me and my cousin, we used to, uh, we, do, we did some trout fishing uh, with my grandpa. And believe it or not, we, we got into a point and I was probably... 13 to probably 16 we would we started tying our own ties i couldn't do it now i mean i had like a i couldn't even tell you anything about like i I mean i could but it would i would have to really go back and think but we would do the fly fishing um and i isn't roaring river you can't wade into roaring right are you you there's a certain there's a certain stretch of that water you can wade in is bennett then is that the what's the difference like i can't they're both about the same because they're both state parks. Uh-huh. They yeah, still yeah. have the hatcheries. They stock them and all that. Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, you can wade in certain areas. That's why I, I couldn't remember. I thought there was one that was anyway. Anyways, um, me and Michaela went down there a couple years back in, to Bennett Springs, and I was like, yeah, you know, that was the first time I've been in years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go down here and catch a shit ton of fish. Didn't you know, catch any. Dude, we caught like three. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, because I'm like, yeah, you'll you'll have so much fun. Right. <laughs> you're gonna have so much because you're gonna be able to see the fish. You're gonna be able to catch them. It's yeah. all gonna be just a lot of fun. And we're down there fishing. And I'm telling you, bro, I think we did like catch three or four fish the whole weekend. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this used to be way like I don't know. So, anyways, Actually, so that's, uh-huh. yeah. no, I was gonna say it. it I, I, it's it, you would think it's easy, but it's not. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a little bit more difficult than than it looks. They are extremely smart fish, mm-hmm. and they are very picky. Mm-hmm. What I learned is actually, I catch more fish with the fly rod and those little flies mm-hmm. on top than like your just, big just casting uh-huh. it and just letting it hit the top and mm-hmm. then cast it. Just doing this, and you kind of get an arm workout, but just letting it hit the water and mm-hmm. then flicking it yeah. and just working that fly across water. Yeah. I started catching, the last time I went, I was doing that and it's like, man, I was catching fish left and right. Because hmm. yeah. as soon as it hits the water at certain times of day and whatnot, they're just after it. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you see it too. Like yeah. whenever you're out there fishing, just throwing mm-hmm. whatever you're throwing, I mean, you'll see them just come up there and it's like, gosh, dang. Like, yeah, they're why, hitting why on the top. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, yeah. I'll just keep flicking Just that keep flicking that and yeah, just keep that little, little fly or whatever. Yeah. Okay. What else? So you, 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 I know we, we, you like to fish. Um, I know you're a big bow hunter. What about the family? What, what, you got kids? What's that look like? Yeah, three kids, 16-year-old boy, okay. 11-year-old girl, and a 6-year-old girl. Okay. I mean, that they have an interesting dynamic in the house and, it's good. and all that. So outside of spending time with them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and dealing with all that and working and balancing everything else, mm-hmm. you know. That's probably hard, man. I mean, running a business and spending, you know, being a dad and all that stuff. Um, that's a lot of time, man. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like you've been doing it for a while. So, has it gotten easier for you? To some degree, yeah. yeah. But there's always challenges. I mean, every every season that goes by, there's another new set of challenges. You know. Yeah. And I think like, you know, just trying to manage everything. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So where where are you from? I know you're not from Pleasant Hill. 
Where are you? No, so I was actually born in Germany, and my dad was in the army. Okay. And my mom's full-blooded Turkish. And okay. So my grandparents on her side had migrated from Turkey to Germany back then for better jobs mm-hmm. and whatnot. And my dad was stationed over there in the army. Uh, he was, you know, part of the '56 artillery, uh, Pershing or whatever. Okay. But anyways, he he worked on like the the missiles and stuff like that back wow. then during the Cold War and whatnot. And uh, so I was born over there, and then we bounced from Germany to the U.S., back to Germany, back to the U.S., and then we lived in a few different states and military bases mm-hmm. and whatnot, and then at some point ended up at Fort Riley for a little while that I right. can remember anyways, and lived out there in the Junction City area, and then I ended up, when he he got out of the Army in like the mid-90s or something like that, I ended up going and living with him down in Texas for a while, okay. down in Austin, Texas, and then... You know, spent a few years down there and then ended up moving back up here to live with my mom. And I've been here for 23 years now in okay. this area. That's awesome. And, you know, and ran wild, got into a bunch of trouble and got all that out of my system. And then finally figured out what I wanted to do with myself. In life. Mm-hmm. And then, just, you know, got into the trade side of the industry. And yeah. Then just everything's fell into place ever since. You know? Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, all, all that we actually talked about that this morning is like, you know, all, I mean, everybody has their struggles and everybody has their stuff that's happened to them. But it's like, um, you know, you, you acknowledge it. It's there. And then we say, OK, like, how can that help us moving forward? You know, how can that prepare you for the next situation that comes up? You know, so um, no, that's awesome, man. Well, what else, dude? What else? What else? Uh, what else? Uh, what else you want to talk about? Let's talk about uh, real estate. Right. Yeah, real estate is a new adventure. Yeah, so with that, I started the you know DMB Property Group. Got that okay. you know, set a couple of years ago, and I didn't really do anything with it at first because it started a business from scratch hey, and that's trying hard. to do another one at the same time. And it's <laughs> that's like hard. Somebody told me, you know, like a big real estate investor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I met him and I said, "Hey, this is what I'm trying to do." I, I gave him my idea, and he's like, "Yeah, that's a good idea, except for you need to get one." business where it doesn't you know mm-hmm. it's more manageable before you go to another one so i i put it to the side okay and and all that but then it's like this year i was like you know what i need to pick back up on that so mm-hmm. i've got some resources in my back pocket now that a lot of that stuff's already done so i don't have to build anything from scratch i just plug into my partner resources and all i need to do is get the houses okay and work direct to seller so if anybody has a situation going on where they're in pre-foreclosure or they have a vacant property they want to get rid of or they're a landlord and they're just tired of being a landlord okay. or if there's houses in probate or any reason or situation that somebody is in with a property that mm-hmm. they need to get out from under then i'm You're available the spot to... to work with them okay. and we can fund it and close it if the numbers make sense so we can all come to an agreement we can mm-hmm. fund it and close it relatively fast okay and then from that point on i'll take it over and then handle it accordingly for sure however is deemed necessary and as of right now i have all those resources ready to go we're streamlining a lot of things that i initially was trying to build from scratch which brings me back to the whole simplified dc's contracting get that more manageable focus on one your niche my niche and then now i have the ability ability with the resources and time to gradually work on that so i mean i'm at the point now where you know i've going through my list and just calling people and then I have to bring awareness to other people in the community and say, mm-hmm. hey, look, you know, this is what you're if doing. you need something and you need to out from other property, just let me know because I've got the ability to help you out mm-hmm. and create a win-win situation for you to move on with your life and to get that stress 
off your plate and then I can also take it and run with it and do what I need to do. Yeah. And then in turn, it also helps benefit the community from, you know, networking with other businesses. Definitely. And also giving somebody else an opportunity to have, uh, you know, a home to live in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, nice. Because, I mean, like, are you, is it more so you're looking for, sounds like probably everything, um, not necessarily even a house that needs some work, like you're looking for maybe turnkey properties as well, right? Possibly. Or, well, houses that need work that we can either, I can leverage my network mm-hmm. And my resources on the contracting side of the business, mm-hmm. and, and to to get the houses renovated okay. and back to resell, and then or also we may even hold it and rent it out. Okay, that's so kind of what I was asking. Like, are you looking to? Sounds like a, a little bit of a mixture of both. Where a you're, of both. yeah, okay. Where you're getting a property, rehabbing it, getting it back on the market to sell, um, and then also rehabbing it. I'm sure and pulling out pulling out the equity and then putting our tenant in there. Exactly. Okay. Right. So either one of those two strategies, but we're also looking at. Um, the, if there's any multifamily, yeah. nothing major right now, yeah. you know, but if there's like a duplex, triplex or something like yeah, that, yeah. fourplex or something like that mm-hmm. to start off with and get, you know, one or two of those under my belt yep. before I move into something a lot yep. scale or anything like that. No, dude, that's so exci- That's so fun to me. And, and we could talk about this for days. Like that's one thing like, you know, cause like when, I don't know, I think like when me and Michaela first bought our piece of real estate, you know, we bought a, a duplex. Right. Um, we lived in one side, rented out the other and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that that's kind of where we started with ours, and I feel like multifamily, dude, is legit. Like, I would yeah. love to get into some more multifamily apartment complexes, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. So on that, on the real estate side, so are, are you looking, where's your kind of, uh, what's your market on that? Like, where, where are you looking at for those type of properties? Is it anywhere and everywhere? Kind, like, kind of in the same areas okay. in Kansas City, but there's... Would that be a little bit more broad, I'm assuming? It, it is a little bit more broad. Okay. Yeah. It's similar to what I have targeted for my for DC's mm-hmm. contracting, but uh, outside of that, there's other pockets, too, that, yeah. that I'm aware of that would be ideal for those kinds of opportunities. What's your favorite market, then, like like in the Kansas City area? Because, like, I have a couple – I've always – like, I'm not familiar, even though – which is crazy. It's, it's terrible. I'm not super familiar with, like, the inside the Kansas City area, like mm-hmm. the different zip codes and stuff like that with what what's a good market to – to be in from a housing standpoint and maybe what's not a, the best area. Right. Are you f- more familiar with that? Like I'm familiar with like, of course, Cass County, Lee Summit, like all these little areas around us. Like I know certain zip codes to be in and that's all great, but Kansas City, man, like that seems like that's a lot of, you know, you can go one street and it's a great spot and then two streets down, it's like, ugh, this yeah. is not the best spot. For closer to downtown, there's good areas. Like like, you know, like the Power and Light Waldo, District, Waldo, yeah, okay. all that kind of stuff. But then, uh, like Ward Parkway. Yeah, and, oh yeah, Ward Parkway. Park, yeah, Ward Parkway, and then there's some other neighborhoods around in there. But then, if you go into other areas of town that mm-hmm. we all know of, or you're just walking mm-hmm. into, you know, nightmare zone. Yep. And it's it's good for some investors. They, for sure. They figured out a way to work that. I know that's there. kind of intimidating. It is intimidating because there's a lot of variables that are kind of mm-hmm. working against you to some degree. But there's ones that are they're in there and they're oh, like making things happen. Yep. Because they figured out how to do that. You know. No, we've talked to a couple guys, and that's all they do is buy in the spots, and I'm like, gosh, that you know, and I'm just. And they, they love it, you know? I mean, but like you said, they figured something, they figured it out on on a kind of how to get through those variables and kind of make it more consistent. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a little intimidating for me. Right, I like because sticking. you never know when you're going to go in and everything you knew <laughs> you just know. put in is gone. And then, you know, I know, then you man. File <laughs> I know, then you got to call me. Right. Um, well, that's good. So um anything in the works like any properties that you got your eye on or anything that you have coming up um 
you know, that, that you're thinking of from a purchasing standpoint, resale standpoint, what's that look like? As of right now, everything is just pretty much, okay. you know, I'm digging. You're just around. ready to go. I'm just digging around and I'm ready to go because at the beginning of the year is whenever I was like, okay, I got some things in line and, and I'm ready to roll. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, I'm just making a bunch of calls and talking to people and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just the initial things that need to take place in order to get gear into the opportunity. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Airbnb? Have you ever done any research on that? Not enough. To, Not enough to really understand the yeah. mechanics behind it. Yeah. yeah, I just I didn't know like you know some of the, you know some of these real estate guys like they're doing some Airbnbs in the Kansas City area and we have a couple or we have the one. So um, I just always like to ask that question. Like I've always think like the Kansas City area is kind of you know, just it just doesn't seem that attractive to me. But I always. Of course, I know there's a lot of them out there, so I know they do well. So I just didn't know if that's something you've ever looked into. No, I think close to I-70 by the stadium, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah, we're all somewhere where you can entertainment. access downtown. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in those little areas would be ideal for those. Yeah. That way, people can come from all over, stay for however long, yeah. and go downtown or go to a game or something mm -hmm. like that. I think you might be one one of the only. Um, the video shut off here, but the only one of the only people that stayed in our airbnb yeah so that yeah, was awesome that was a fun time i know i'm happy you guys did that that was when was that was that last year mm, may have been last I think so. year i think or the year before i don't yeah, remember i think so okay um let's wrap this up so anything else i mean anything else any other advice i guess uh dc contracting anybody who's listening to this you know if you got any painting jobs painting needs nothing's too big or small realistically as long as it makes sense um, reach out anybody who is uh, wanting to get off a house or getting off their property or thinking about selling whatever that might look like if they've already maybe in the process of remodeling something got over their head and need to get out of it whatever that looks like right that's something that you can you can kind of help them out with all those scenarios any of those kind of opportunities and then the one thing we didn't mention is that i actually am the only painting contractor in kansas city who has access to a thermal paint and cork coating which is enviro thermal coatings is um, yeah let's let, let's explain that yeah, I don't so know. that enviro thermal coatings um, has a product that there's a cork coating and then there's a nano coating and then there's also a cork uh, like a mortar which is a stucco alternative but it's it's a thermal paint and cork coating that can reduce your energy losses up to 35 percent on a building we can apply it to the exterior the interior we can apply it to floors we can apply it to roofs as well whether it's flat or sloped and it comes in a variety of colors but it will not let hot or cold pass through it at all hmm. okay and you can put flame to it it won't affect it it won't let bacteria or mold grow on it because it's breathable. Um, it's actually made from cork trees. So it reduces okay. CO2 in the air, whether you put it on the inside or outside of the building. And then it also has uh, a high level of elasticity. So okay. it flexes really well. And it's kind different, of different temperature or temperatures and stuff. Is can, that what, is that right, what you're talking so about? It can, it can withstand against extreme temperatures. And like the nano, for example, that coating is the same technology that's built into what they applied on the space shuttles. Okay. Um, huh. So Gosh. there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits from that product and it's, it's newer to the U S it's been installed in some places, but I'm the only one in Kansas City who has exclusive contract rights to that okay. product. So I have all of Western Missouri and then I have all of Kansas as my territory okay. to distribute that product. 
you know, not only for installs on my own projects for my clients for residential or commercial, but I also have the ability to partner with other contractors, whether it's painters. And then they can use roofers. you to... So, yeah, I would supply them with the product and we can ship it in from Spain. It comes in from Spain and we can get it by the pallet load for certain job sizes. Mm-hmm. Or if we buy it by the container and have, you know, large amounts come in, then get we can better buy it. Yeah. yeah, so I have the ability to partner with other trade professionals okay. or you know, property managers, anybody that we can get that product um, onto their buildings, whether it's residential or commercial, and Mm -hmm. if if they find the value in that, because it's such a high quality product that provides a lot of benefits and it's eco-friendly and things like that, um, I mean, they can reach out to me. We can talk about numbers. It takes a month to get in. I got my samples in and it was a legitimate month because it's a special order product, product and they make it fresh to order and it does have a shelf life. So your jobs have to be ready, ready to, go, to go paid for and all that we ship it in it needs to get installed but i would certify other contractors basically okay so they're doing it right and then huh. create that um that ecosystem interesting work together yeah okay and, and there's more i mean in envirothermal.com to learn about that but also on on my website and then on, okay. the, on my facebook page i've got a couple videos that shows demonstration of the product and, and a little infomercial and whatnot and then like i said on my website there's a page that there's more talk some more about it okay we'll about. drop that then like we'll drop all the links on on the podcast here and that way everybody can click on that and mm-hmm. that'll be good huh i had no idea when did you start doing that so towards the end of last year i got uh, the guy found me on linkedin and he's out of canada and he's like hey i need i need you know guys in the u.s mm-hmm. you know i need dealers in the u.s so we can get this product in and they've tried and tested it for you know like 16 years now mm-hmm. all the data sheets i have all that stuff so okay. it's been proven and tested cool okay um, Shit but yeah he found me on linkedin and then we talked for like two or three hours via zoom and i was mm-hmm. like hey i'm in let's do it so it takes time like i've done a couple of trade shows you know just mm-hmm. last weekend and then in october to get some you know, yeah. introduce it to the market and people don't really know about it no yet. i've never heard of that at all exactly so my whole thing is to get awareness into the market and then get some traction because it's highly beneficial to the end user and anybody in between well even like i mean you could almost you know how there's different types of roof you know roof roofing um you know materials and stuff that on the insurance side helps with certain discounts and stuff like that you know i, exactly. I don't know if that's something that I mean, that's probably too early to know, but I know, uh, you know, like if it's fire resistant it and all is. that, like that's yeah. that could help with insurance and everything else. Exactly. Now I know it's down the road, but yeah, for property preservation, yeah, yeah, you code it, you know. And but even for a landlord, you know, like that, that would be a. Hmm. Well, if you think about a multi, like a multi-family, yeah. unit, For example, if you coat that building, you're reducing your energy losses. Correct. You know, up to thirty-five percent. Yeah. You know, it's what it's been tested at. So, and the same with okay. the roof too. You can put, the demonstration video is online, but you can put on a sheet of metal, the coating on one side and no coating on the other and stick ice cubes on each side and underneath it put a Bunsen burner. And you can watch the ice cube melt on one side and not melt on the other. And you're looking at, you know, <laughs> wow. you know three, you know, the millimeter thickness like this uh-huh. basically of the coating and it will not let hot or cold pass through. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty That's cool. legit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Well, yeah, let's drop that. Um, no, dude, appreciate you being on. Um, Thanks for always, having me. Always appreciate the friendship and uh, had a lot of fun with it. So. Likewise, man. All right, episode 27, over and out. Cut. <laughs> <laughs>